Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Hello, 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 friends, and welcome to Nick's Nerd News. Today is November 25th. It is the day before Thanksgiving here in the U.S. of A. And it is a lovely, lovely week here in California. Luckily, it's uh, started to cool down a bit because we've had some ups and downs. But you're not here to talk about the weather. You're not here to talk about where, where we are, where I am. You're here to talk about nerd stuff. Video games, movies, TV, what's going on in the nerd culture world, right? That's what I'm here for. That's why it's called Nick's Nerd News. It's nerd unfiltered. Right? Right? Am I right? Am I wrong? Who knows? But you come here to listen anyway, right? So, if you're new to the show, welcome. Take a sit, seat, listen, relax, enjoy. If you've been listening for the two and a half years now, thank you. Welcome back. Glad you guys are my my fan base. I don't know. What should we call you guys? Anyone have any suggestions? You? You? Hand? No? Anyway. Like, subscribe, send, save, share, follow, repeat, rinse, all that good stuff. Right? On your service of choice. We're on the biggies. We're on the smalls. We're on the... Oh, I just realized I said biggie smalls. That was not planned. <laughs> that was not planned at all. <laughs> That's just funny how it just works out that way. But, but, you know, listen to us wherever, wherever you prefer. But let's get right into it, shall we? Let's not wait. Let's not push anything off. Let's just keep going. Let's keep rolling. And as always, we go in to the virtual world. Let's talk about video games. What do you guys plan? What am I playing? I'm playing next-gen stuff, right? Cross-gen, I should say, because there's really nothing that's truly next-gen right now, except maybe Astro's Playroom, and anyway, I don't have a PS5, so I can't really talk about it right now. But, I want to talk about Call of Duty right now, because I have a family in town, and it's really the only game that everyone can play and enjoy, and multiplayer's fucking broken, if you ask me. I do... There are more snipers than I've ever encountered in just regular Call of Duty matches just running around. And it it this it wasn't like this in in Modern Warfare. And it was really weird. And for some reason, so now there's health bars above everybody and so you can kind of see what you're doing and I am getting very frustrated because when you think you kill someone, you don't. And, like, I don't know if the timing is off or anything, but it, it's, like, it, I shouldn't have to pump that much into someone to kill them. And, I don't, I don't know, the guns are okay. I feel like it takes a really long time to reload compared to Modern Warfare. And, speaking of which, and I, I know I shouldn't really compare them because they're two different studios, but, like, this game, and, and Treyarch didn't even work on the campaign, and they're launching with, like, half as many guns as Modern Warfare did. Half as many operators. And I, it just, it, it feels like, it, I don't know, it feels half-baked 
to a degree. And the maps are like some of them are huge for for six on six, especially the Miami map. Like I'm I'm running around not seeing people at all, and you shouldn't be doing that. And it, oh my god, this game crashes like no fucking other, dude. I, I every time I play Valhalla, no issue. Call of Duty crashes nightly. I'm stuck on the I'm I'm in I'm in the Cuba level on the campaign. It crashes. I I saw some fixes where I might have to turn off ray tracing to to try, but I I just the fact that that's even a thing is very infuriating, and it's it's just frustrating that all these games have issues, and and I've seen people have issues with Assassin's Creed. I'm not, at least personally, I haven't yet. But that doesn't mean things can get patched out. So it, it's just, it's frustrating to see. Uh, it's frustrating to see these kinds of issues happen on launch when, especially on big games that everyone is going to be playing. Like this shouldn't fucking happen, and it is, and it's fucking stupid. That's for damn sure. But I, I don't know. I Call of Duty multiplayer in World in Cold War is okay at best. And it's just another reason why I don't like Treyarch Call of Duty games. But it, it's just, for them to launch it, like, kind of half-baked, like I said, compared to Modern Warfare, and especially with Warzone not ready to fucking go at launch, is is just, it's pretty fucking sad. But I, I don't want to just, that's all negativity, and I don't want to be negative, and it's just, ugh. Let's move on to other topics, but kind of go to a sad topic next. Don't expect um don't expect a lot of xboxes or playstation 5s you know in the next couple of weeks months if anything like they're sold out everywhere and some xboxes are becoming available on different retailers some playstation 5s are becoming available at retailers on on special times and special days but obviously those are like getting picked up real fucking quick like if you're not ready they are getting scooped up right away and please for the love of god do not buy from scalpers you are only enabling them and allowing them to take control of the industry do not buy from scalpers do not go and buy a ps5 or series x for like eight hundred dollars you're just you're just making the problem worse people please 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 do not do that and and it's infuriating to see reports that like a resale company might have 3500 PlayStation 5s like you fucking serious bro they have more than some retailers have that's infuriating dude that is infuriating that is the one of the worst things i have ever heard in my life and it's like if you see Xboxes and PlayStations on StockX like really dude these people are just trying to make a profit off of you. They are not your friends. They are not helping you. You are only doing yourself a disservice if you're paying that much. Look, I got the console at launch, right? Would I in if I didn't get a pre-order, would I pay 5 6 um why am I saying 5? Would I pay 6 7 800 dollars for a Series X cuz I didn't get a pre-order? Fuck no, dude. Like I am not doing that and you shouldn't either. Like, is it worth that extra money? No, in not in any way, shape, or form. Even if Halo launched, even even if Horizon Zero Dawn Two or Horizon Forbidden West launched, nah, dude, no. 
No, I don't care what the killer app is. I am not paying $800 for a console, dude. I'm not paying $300 or more for a console. That is asinine. Just like you don't like people, the ticket scalpers scalping tickets for a concert, why are you buying a scalped console? Like, no, dude, just no. That That's just, that's just no. That is, you're an idiot if you do that. I don't care how cool it is, how big it is. Like, no, dude, just no. Do not give in to that BS hype. Like, they are, they're just robbing you and walking away with cash you didn't have to waste. Because you couldn't wait because you didn't get a pre-order. Like, if you didn't get a pre-order, that fucking sucks. Don't get me wrong, that, that sucks big time. That these things got scooped up right away. But to turn around and be like, oh, I guess I have to just go buy it from this person. Like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Have some respect for yourself and for your hard-earned money. Do not spend extra money or get scammed by some of these people. Like, I saw someone paying a thousand dollars or charging a thousand dollars for a ps5 like nah dude you can get every accessory and extra controllers in like a game or two for a thousand dollars if you bought the console full price just be patient i'm sure they're coming it just maybe it might not clear up till till march or some shit but like we're in a fucking pandemic people and i know you want games and i know I know you want that shit, but it might not be hard to manufacture right away and get it done right away. Just do not do not buy from scalpers, please. But how about this? A new Oxford University study. It is actually beneficial to play video games. Get get out of here, who? And and all this other bullshit. Like, nah, you can play video games, albeit for a short amount of time. Uh, An Oxford University study, though, has found that, uh, this is from The Guardian in the UK, that uh, you're a much happier human being if you play at least four hours a day of Animal Crossing. Uh, They don't, they said it doesn't apply to all video games, but uh, this is from one of the researchers, uh, his name is Andrew Shivsblisky, I think. I'm very confident that if the research goes on, we will learn about the things that we think of as toxic in games, and we'll have evidence for those things as well, unquote. But, like I said, uh, he did find that it is a little healthier, but again, we he wants to look into it more, see if it's really as addictive, but hey, if you're playing four hours of Animal Crossing and it makes you happier, then hey, why not? Keep playing it, right? Keep playing it and and have fun with it. That's for damn sure. I for one enjoy playing video games. It is a it provides an escape for me, and I'm sure it provides an escape for a lot of other people as well. So keep playing Animal Crossing. Keep playing whatever you're playing in moderation. Everything in moderation. Why is it always in moderation? Can't we just ever binge or gorge on anything and have it be good, please? <laughs> but. Who knows? Who knows? Another thing I wanted to talk about, but it looks like uh, Microsoft X uh, or Xbox CFO, which is Chief Financial Officer of Xbox, not necessarily just Microsoft. Uh, his name's Tim Stewart, and uh, he was being interviewed by uh, for the Jeffrey's Interactive Entertainment Virtual Conference, which normally probably would have been in person. 
And uh, they were asked about Zenimax and, of course, Bethesda and all that. And he said, quote, What we'll do in the long run is we don't have intentions of just pulling all of Bethesda content out of Sony or Nintendo or otherwise. But what we want is we want that content in the long run to be either first or better or best or pick your differentiated experience on our platforms. We will want Bethesda content to show up the best as on our platforms. Uh, he also said, quote, continue to see a shift towards a first or better or best approach on our platforms. Uh, and then also went on to say, if you think about something like Game Pass, if it shows up best in Game Pass, that's where we what we want to see. And we want to drive our Game Pass subscriber base through that Bethesda pipeline, unquote. So, don't get your panties all in a bunch. You just might have to wait a little longer for Bethesda games on PlayStation. They just won't launch at the same time as Microsoft, since they own them, want it first, better, best idea. Which, that might be better in the long run. You know, it's it's you just gotta wait, PlayStation, and that's okay too, because there's stuff on PlayStation that doesn't get released on Xbox right away, like uh, Godfall, for one, six-month exclusivity, and uh, what was the other game? Uh, you know, ti- uh, not Titanfall, but Tomb Raider on Xbox. You know, it's just, it happens. It happens. But it's different with third-party games, but with first-party, it's a little more justifiable, and at least they're offering to still leave it there, which they don't have to do. So that's that's good to hear. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up, if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber right now, you are technically... You have to be a PlayStation Plus subscriber to be able to move PS5 save copies. And uh, that's off console. But, so there's only pl- two places you can put your saves. You can either delete them or put them in the cloud. And if you want cloud saves, you have to have a PlayStation Plus subscription. So, that is really the only way you can move them off console, essentially to free up space. But... Uh, doesn't apply for PS4 saves, so you guys, if you're playing backwards compatible on some games, you don't have to do that. But just remember, as of right now, you can't put PS5 saves on any external devices yet either. Uh, no word yet on when that official functionality will be added. Uh, so just be wary. If you fill it up, you're kind of fucked temporarily. Um... Speaking of PlayStation 5, Sony also confirmed that any of their cross-gen games that they have were were essentially built from the ground up for PlayStation 5. So, Miles Morales on PS5 is technically different from Miles Morales on PS4. It will be the same for Horizon uh, Zero Dawn Forbidden West. It will be the same for, I think Ratchet & Clank is PS5 only, if I remember correctly. Um... Whatever other games are both PS5 and PS4, and I don't know how that what that means because they're still the same game. If it was ground up, like they wouldn't be the same at all, and they are though. So I think this might just be marketing speak. I I don't know, but it could explain some of the differences. Anyway, um, if you guys are big fans of the WWE and Gears Five, well, Bat- Batista was added recently. And now, the New Day trio is being added to Gears 5 as well. 
So if you're big fans of both of those, make sure to get that added DLC that's coming soon to a console and PC near you. And as we get closer and closer and closer to December, that means the Game Awards are coming soon and we finally have the nominations for the Game Awards. Some that might surprise you, some that maybe won't, but uh, when it comes to, you know, the big heavy hitters, it looks like the Game of the Year contenders, not surprised, Animal Crossing, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, which is very unexpected, and The Last of Us Part Two. Now, you'll start to see that not a lot of games are that were released for the new generation are on here, which kind of strange considering there's some games that should be. Uh, but like I said, those are Game of the Year. Best Game Direction are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life Alex, The Last of Us Part Two, Best Narrative for 13 Sentinels, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, The Last of Us Part Two, uh, Best Score Music, Doom Eternal, which even with its problems is still nominated here, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, The Last of Us Part Two, Best Performance, you have Ashley Johnson for Ellie in The Last of Us Part Two. Laura Bailey as Abby in The Last of Us Part Two, Daisuke Suji as Jin in Ghost of Tsushima. Logan Cunningham as Hades in Hades. Naji Jeterm as uh, Miles Morales. And uh, that's Best Performance. Best Ongoing Game is Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. Uh, best Indie Game is Carrion, Fall Guys, which is going to be between that and Hades, Spelunky 2 or Spirit Far. Um, best Mobile Game, Among Us, Call of Duty Mobile, Genshin Impact, Legends of Runeterra, or Runeterra, Pokemon Cafe Mix. Best Community Support, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fall Guys, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, or Valorant. Um... Best Action Game, Doom Eternal, Hades, Half-Life Alex, Nioh 2, Streets of Rage 4. Uh, best RPG, you have Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact, Persona 5 Royale, Wasteland 3, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, best Action Adventure Game, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ghost of Tsushima, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, The Last of Us Part Two. And, you know, it goes on from there. And they even have Content Creator of the Year, Best Esports Athlete, Best Esports Coach, Event, Game, Host. Oh, a lot more esports stuff. But that is just the gist of it. There are a lot more categories. I'm not going to sit in here and read them all. That will be streamed live on December 10th. So in just about two short weeks from today. Actually... Two weeks from tomorrow, <laughs> to be exact. Uh, two weeks from tomorrow, the Game Awards on almost all streaming services, YouTube, your console, almost everywhere. So be on the lookout for that. And it looks like we finally have an idea of what uh, is going on at the Embracer Group. 
because they've bought up a whole bunch more studios. And the Embracer Group, if you don't know, uh, they used to be THQ Nordic, and they've already bought up a ton of fucking studios. They bought 13 more. Um, And they own just like a a huge amount of IPs at this point, including the the Exodus games. So uh, first is Thinking Ape Entertainment. They make free-to-play mobile titles like Casino X and Kingdoms at War. They bought Zen Studios. Uh, they're behind the Pinfall, Pinball FX games, so pretty big studio there. Snapshot Games, who are behind Phoenix Point. Nimble Giant Entertainment. They make Champions of Regnum and Quantum League. 34 Big Things, a studio behind the Readout Racing Games. Madhead Games. And uh, they make mystery and hidden object games. Purple Lamp Studios. Uh, they were behind the SpongeBob SquarePants battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. And are going to start making some other games. Iugo Mobile Entertainment. They make uh, mobile free-to-play games like The Walking Dead Road to Survival. Coffee Stain North. And they made Goat Simulator. So if you guys like that game, that's who's behind that. Silent Games. And they are making their own debut IP. That game won't be out for a couple years. And finally, Flying Wild Hog. And they made games like the Shadow Warriors. And are working on some other things as well. So, they also bought some non-game development companies. But, they have 50 development teams under their umbrella. So technically, I I think I brought this up, they had over 110 games in development uh, as of earlier this year. And like I said, they bought 4A games also earlier this year. That is crazy, crazy, crazy amount of studios under one company. They're like the next biggest publisher, man. It's wild. But he came out of nowhere and then just blew up and exploded into what they are now. It's crazy, man. Crazy. Well, moving on. There was a big Capcom this week, this past week. And it understandably has employees and other people a little shook. uh, As they don't really want their data and information going out into the interwebs. However, with that being said, we also learned of some possible new games coming. And quite a few. Uh, the biggest of which, though, were a Dragon's Dogma 2, a Monster Hunter 6, a Resident Evil 4 remake, which is kind of expected at this point, and Street Fighter 6. Yes, Street Fighter 6. Am I surprised? No. Did the leak give us any other information? No. Did the leak give us release dates? No. Did it probably hint at... Games that probably won't see the light of day? Yes. Do we know if all this is true? I don't know. I think it came from 4chan. So, ho, ho, take it with a giant, massive, enormous grain of salt. That's for damn sure. Um, anyway, the last thing I wanted to talk about today is what I think is the best gaming news in quite a while. And you guys know, you guys know I've been waiting for something like this because I've talked about it here before. But IO Interactive, the, the team behind the Hitman series, has announced their new project. And 
Drum roll, please. It is their new 007 project. That is right. IO Interactive, who is probably the best team to make a James Bond game, is making a James Bond game. Uh, no word yet on if it... W- they said it's like a new origin story for 007 type deal. Or his first mission or something like that. So it doesn't sound like they're going to be doing any of the movies. So it'll probably be an original Bond. So it probably won't be Sean Connery or Daniel Craig or or Pierce Brosnan or anyone like that. And uh, no release date yet. Uh, granted, they're, they're working on Hitman 3, which is due out early part of the next year. But... It looks like the best possible team to be making a James Bond game is making a James Bond game. And I, I don't care what anyone says. IO Interactive, what they've done with Hitman is a proof alone that they can make an amazing, an amazing James Bond game. And you best believe I'm going to be the one of the first fucking people in line to play that damn game because I... I I've been waiting so long for a James Bond game and and this is this is this is exactly what we've been looking for folks and it it is it is amazing to finally hear some good news like this but that is it for gaming this week guys not a whole lot I know but it's a weird week with Thanksgiving and all that coming up next week will probably be even weirder anyway let's move on Let's talk about the uh, tiny bit of what's going on in the game or TV world, and then we can talk about what's coming to streaming services next month in December. But how about this? HBO Max is finally coming to Amazon Fire Sticks. Uh, so I think we talked about this uh, maybe a couple months ago, but HBO Max is not, and Peacock as well, is not currently available on like external HDMI sticks. Um, for whatever reason, I have no idea, but uh, especially like Roku, Chromecast, and Amazon Fire Sticks. Uh, now, however, you will be able to download HBO Max onto your Amazon Fire Stick, and that's pretty big news for uh, a couple of reasons. Because um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Actually, I'm not going to spoil that for just yet, but. Uh, still no Roku, which really sucks for Roku users because there's a couple in this household. Uh, not me, because I can get them on, on the Xbox, PlayStation, or my smart TV. But Peacock's not on my smart TV, but that it's not an issue. But if you guys have been uh, waiting for HBO Max or didn't weren't able to, well, now, now is your chance, essentially. Um, so that's good. Anyway... Uh, speaking of streaming services, Hulu, uh, just so you guys know, Hulu will be increasing its live TV price to $65 a month starting in December. So, this goes along with Netflix increasing their price next month as well. So, if you're you're getting tired of people hanging on to your subscriptions, now's the chance to finally give an excuse or justification for saying, pay up, homies, pay up. I ain't paying for this shit for you for no more, right? Unless they share like a streaming service with you. But I don't think, I don't see a lot of people sharing their Hulu Live TV <laughs> uh, subscription with people. That's a that's a different story entirely. Uh, however, uh, just be on the lookout as 
both of those services will be going up in price next year. Netflix to $17.99 and Hulu's live TV to $65 a month. Anyway, got some uh, news for the CW. Uh, Looks like Wonder Girl is going to be adapted for the channel. Uh, No word yet on if it's going to be a drama or anything like that because they tend to be drama-based on the CW, as we've seen, except for Legends of Tomorrow, that is. But Wonder Girl is being adapted for the CW. No word on casting or anything like that, as it seems like it's exploratory. Uh, But it looks like it's going to be taking the place of another show, as it has been confirmed that Black Lightning will be ending with Season 4. Black Lightning will not get a Season 5, and it looks like it's going to be the shortest-lived CW Arrowverse show, as... Even Supergirl got six seasons, and Legends of Tomorrow is on, like, season five, and I don't know, maybe people just weren't watching Black Lightning? I'm not entirely sure. It it was a mid-season replacement, and a lot of times those don't do as well, and it kind of sucks, because I know that I started it and never got back to it, but from what I watched, I really enjoyed. I just ran out of fucking time. I just, I got a figure out what not to watch anymore anymore or just either just go hard in gaming and forego tv or i don't know man i do not know should be watching more tv since there's no movies coming out anymore but i don't know i just don't but to round out this little dc kick that we're on uh has come out that the batman spinoff show set for hbo max which was going to be about like GCPD, which was a spinoff of of the um, the Robert Pattinson f- film. It's lost its its showrunner the uh, due to creative differences, which is never a good sign. This is from the Hollywood Reporter that it didn't line up with what um, Matt Reeves and and the other producers had on the show, which. You know, if you're going to make a show on a spinoff of a director's movie, you should probably kind of line up with the director's vision, if you ask me. Because, obviously, they're the person that is, uh, you know, letting you play around in their world, essentially. And they're looking for a replacement from Per The Hollywood Reporter. And, I don't know, apparently it's being called Gotham Central. Which just sounds like a remake of, like, Gotham that was on Fox. And it'll be interesting to see if this show ever happens, let alone if they find someone new. I don't even know why it's existing. Like, I'm all for Batman content, but sometimes too much is too much. And, like, even Gotham jumped the shark for me at one point, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm not about this show anymore. And I don't know who they were making it for, to be honest. That show got out of hand real quick. Anyway, we did get some news out of Stranger Things. And it's made some casting news and decisions. Robert England, yes, Robert England of of Freddy Krueger fame, has joined the cast in a uh, recurring role for the upcoming fourth season. Yes, the upcoming fourth season. And uh, 
Tommy Wasilka. Was- he played the the faceless man in Game of Thrones. Is joining and, and several other people. Uh, so it looks to be they're looking like they want to beef up uh, their current standing in and uh, things like that. So I can't wait to see what they do with that. Um, but before we talk about what's coming to streaming services next month, I want to talk about the Mandalorian, which. Honestly, this is probably like the best second season of like any show ever. And that's in my personal opinion, and I'm sure a lot of people agree. And it it's just been constantly expanding on the lore, building upon things established in in all of the Star Wars canon, taking a lot from old canon and legends and the new canon. And it it whew, it is very good. So we go back to Navarro, which is the planet with Grief Karga and Cara Dune. Essentially, the 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 lava planet from from the first season and Carl Weathers' character, and the the whole city has essentially like rebuilt and reestablished itself after um after they defeated the Empire and things like that and. The Mandalorians left, and uh, turns out that so the Mandalorian went there to get repairs on on his ship, the Razor Crest, and of course, Grief Karka asks him to to help uh, fight a couple of straggler Imperials left, and it turns out there's a huge Imperial base there, so we get some really cool stuff, including a uh, <laughs> including a crew member of the show's production staff, <laughs> which was funny to see. Um, I didn't even notice it when I was watching. So people who did notice it are the people that are probably just combing through and, um, you know, looking for that stuff frame by frame. But anyway, other than that, though, it is it was a very good episode and some really cool things that do callbacks to A New Hope and and a lot of other programs and and vehicles and things like that. And all all on Navarro in this seemingly abandoned base. Then we find out that there's been cloning shit going on, tying back to the child, and it looks like they were taking his blood for his M count, which a lot of people are assuming has been a Chlorians, which I'm probably assuming too, and it's it's weird to hear things talk about midichlorians 20 years after The Phantom Menace, considering everyone thought that was kind of like a done, done thing in, in Star Wars, but... Uh, a lot of questions surrounding that, and people think that maybe it connects to Snoke or uh, something else. But I, I don't know if it's Snoke as much, because after they destroy the base, essentially, and there's this awesome TIE fighter chase scene through a canyon, we get um, we we tie into Moff Gideon, who returns, and... He's on his own personal Star Wars ship. It's an escort ship. And what class is it? Because it's not a Star Destroyer. And I really wish he had a Star Destroyer. He is a moth, so he should have a Star Destroyer. Anyway, it's an it's an Arquitans, I guess you would say, Arquitans class command cruiser. Uh, those first essentially appeared in Clone Wars. They were retrofitted and how they looked in uh, Star Wars Rebels. And they, they kind of tease it. To make you think it's like a Star Destroyer. Uh, But it looks like Moff Gideon is there. And he does have some experiments going on. And 
it looks like they're dark troopers. And if you guys know anything about dark troopers, they were essentially um, like almost clone. They were cyborg type things. And they, I, I don't, I don't know how to explain them because they, they showed up in a couple of games like the dark forces games and things like that. And they're, they're just, they're awesome. They're really cool things from the old canon that, that I'm happy they brought back. And I thought they brought back in like that Star Wars game that was like supposed to be the first in the new canon. And it, it had that like moth in the Hoth sector, which what the, I can't even think of, of what that sector is called right now. And it, I thought the dark troopers came back in that and that's what I'm like really the Anoet sector. That's what it was. And that's what I'm like really confused about because I thought that stuff was was in the new canon. And I'm really confused now because anyway, the the Dark Troopers are back. They're technically like force sensitive, like cyborg things, but they're technically droids and it, it's very awesome to see, especially, especially with, um, with, with Moff Gideon. Okay, Star Wars Uprising, this was the game. And I could have sworn that this was the new canon. And it looks like it because it says so on Star Wars Wikipedia. And they're pretty good about that. Maybe the dark. Okay, yeah, it is canonical. And maybe the dark troopers are not in it. I don't know. I thought they were. That's so weird. Why did I think they were in here? They have a character that looks like the dark troopers. I'm looking now. Yes, I know I'm going on this weird tangent while we're on here and while I'm on the podcast. But now I really want to know while we're talking about this. And maybe the Dark Troopers weren't in it. And maybe I'm just going crazy. And I'm I'm really confused now. That's really crazy. Um, anyway, the Dark Troopers are there. And... It looks like we're going to get some crazy shenanigans going with either some kind of Jedi stuff or, or force sensitivity or some kind of cyborgs or, or things like this. But but they're, they're happening. Things are moving quite along and faster than I definitely expected. And it looks like we finally may get Ahsoka this week. I, I, I don't know. I think he's finally has a ship in working order that he might be able to make the the full journey. Who knows? But that's uh, definitely something to look out for this week as it will not be taking the week off even with Thanksgiving. So that is it for TV news. I do want to talk about what's coming to streaming services though next month in December since it uh, December starts next week. 
Uh, some cool stuff. There's a lot more than what I say. I, I just want to clarify that every month. I only pick out certain things that I personally like and I think I want to share with you guys. Uh, coming to Netflix are the first uh, three Jurassic Park films. So Jurassic Park 1, The Lost World Jurassic Park, and Jurassic Park 3. Uh, the movie Chef, which stars John Favreau, uh, who of course is the showrunner uh, and creator of The Mandalorian, as well as the first two Iron Man films. This is a film where he learned from one of the best chefs in the world, Roy Choi, and uh, created a food truck in, in the film. And of course, it led to The Chef Show, which is his new cooking show on Netflix with Roy Choi. Uh, E.T. is coming. Uh, a new chunk of Jeopardy! episodes will be coming, so you guys can enjoy some some time with Alex Trebek. And uh, uh, the first 10 seasons of Star Trek, or Stargate SG-1, will be coming to Netflix next month. Uh, Disney Plus, we're getting Sky High, great film, uh, Into the Woods. Soul, the uh, new Pixar film, is releasing Christmas Day on Disney Plus. Doesn't look like they're going to be charging extra like they did for Mulan, though. Cosmos Season 2, which is the science show hosted by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, the sequel to Wreck-It Ralph, and Anastasia, which is very funny for this movie to be going to Disney+, Plus because it is a Don Bluth film. And for Don Bluth films to go on to Disney+, Plus is just, it's just irony at its finest. So, Don Bluth worked for Disney for a very long time, and he have, he essentially then broke off to make his own films, uh, such as, like I said, Anastasia, and uh, The Secret of Nim, An American Tale, The Land Before Time, All Dogs Go to Heaven, Thumbelina, A Troll in Central Park, and <laughs> uh, it, it's just, it's funny, because it's it's not things that you would expect um to just they're they're owned by 20th Century Fox and it's funny that they're finally on um that they're on Disney cuz he kind of split off from Disney to to go do his own thing and now they're on Disney Plus and it just it's funny it you it, you the only really thing you can do is laugh and Granted, not all of his films will be there, but it, just the ones that were done by uh, 20th Century Fox and oh, it looks like he did a lot with Warner Brothers too, so you probably won't see a, a couple of them, but just Anastasia. Because people always think she's a Disney princess and technically now she is because now Disney owns it. Oh gosh, that's funny. But oh geez, that's that's what's happening. So uh, Anastasia, which is technically a true story because it tells the story of Anastasia, the princess of of Russia, and things like that. It is um, it's funny. It's just really funny to see that happening. But that's coming in in December. And then on Amazon, uh, Air Force One, the great Harrison Ford film, A League of Their Own, uh, several 
several James Bond films, including Dr. No and The Spy Who Loved Me, Gandhi, the uh, first and second Harold and Kumar films. I didn't see if the third one was there. True Lies, the great James Cameron Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. And a new episode of The Grand Tour will be um, will be airing in late December. So that's it for the streaming giants. Let's talk about what's going on in the movie world. Um, a few months back, we talked about how Universal had... Uh, essentially, they got in a fight with a couple movie chains over the release of Trolls World Tour. And just, you know, has to do with money and profits and cutting out the theaters and... In a year when they're struggling, it, it kind of sucks for that to happen. And But Universal Studios and Cinemark have announced a new deal that uh, so and focus features that theatrical releases essentially will stay in the theaters for 17 days uh, before going to, to VOD or Video On Demand. It's a new multi-year deal. And this way... If a movie opens to $50 million or more, it will have its 17-day timeline extended by another two weeks. Um, so it will be in theaters for a total of a month, so 31 days about, before going to, to on-demand streaming. And this is really good for the industry, actually. Uh, this is from Universal Filmed Entertainment Group Chairman Donna Langley, quote, Universal's century-long partnership with Exhibition is rooted in the theatrical experience, and we are more committed than ever for audiences to experience our movies on the big screen. Uh, Mark Zerati, the Cinemark CEO, and the team at Cinemark have been outstanding partners, and Peter Levinson, Vice Chairman and Chief Distribution of Universal, has done a remarkable job on the studio's behalf in making deals that give us the confidence to release our movies in the marketplace, keep the content pipeline moving, and provide consumers with the optionality that they are looking for, unquote. And uh, Zerati, the CEO of Cinemark, said, quote, whereby movie theaters continue to provide an event-sized launching platform for films that maximize box office and bolters the success of subsequent distribution channels, um, unquote. That's taken way out of context from what I can see, but... This way, uh, they've announced for five new movies at least. The new Crude sequel, The Crude's A New Age, Half Brothers, All My Life, News of the World, and Promising Young Woman. Uh, I think they had done this with AMC after their big fight in July. But I don't remember if they worked out a time frame or not. This one has an actual time frame. So it's it's good to see them working out, uh, working out deals. And... Uh, we got a release date for Scream 5, which was now going to be officially called Scream. It is going to be both a sequel and a spiritual reboot, in a sense, because it won't really... It's going to honor the first four films, but then continue for a new generation, it seems like. So it's it's good to see them continuing on. I enjoy the Scream series very much, because it's uh, very meta as well. And uh, Anthony Daniels was being interviewed... And to the shock of no one, if you ask me, he says he doesn't expect to uh, be in a Star Wars film anytime soon. So, I mean, C-3PO doesn't need to be in every film. I, I don't think there's a Star Wars movie coming out for a couple years anyway. So, again, 
to the shock of no one, really. <laughs> but I have amazing news. Deadpool 3 is in development at Marvel Studios. And this is confirmed because the official Deadpool Twitter account tweeted it out, which obviously makes it tr- true. Uh, Deadpool 3 is in development with the writers of Bob's Burgers. Uh, from reports from Deadline, it looks like they had, I guess, Ryan Reynolds was hearing pitches from a lot of people. And it, it just so happened that the Bob's Burgers people apparently won him over. So Deadpool 3 is in active development at Marvel Studios. No word yet on if it's going to be rated R. It should be, if you ask me, because that's why Deadpool's been so successful. But the problem is, how do you fit him into the Marvel Universe? And granted, it's Deadpool, so it's super meta, and it's super fourth wall breaking. So, I mean, anything can happen. Hell, you can have him hop through a portal and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Maybe he'll pop in via Spider-Man 3. Who knows? Who knows, really? And this is very exciting. <laughs> that's that's for damn sure. And I am very, very excited that Deadpool 3 is happening because the F- Deadpool 1 and 2 are just great movies. And Ryan Reynolds fucking deserves this. And it's great to hear. And the Bob's Burgers crew, they know comedy, so... I'm sure they'll be able to make a solid Deadpool movie. But I also got word that Black Panther 2 is expected to start filming in July uh, of next year. And it looks like there will be more of an emphasis on Shuri. Which is obviously expected after after the passing of Chadwick Boseman. And it will be interesting to see how they sunlight his character T'Challa and hopefully they don't I, I mean they kind of have to kill him off screen but at the same time like uh what do you do what do you do I just hope that the transition to Shuri is done gracefully and properly they don't ham fist it and if anything I trust Ryan Coogler as a director to be able to do that properly and not just kind of have some hand wave explanation uh, if anyone's qualified to do that it's probably Ryan Coogler and uh, some big DCEU news that we got more confirmation of. So now we're switching gears from Marvel over to DC. We got some 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 Snyder Cut news. Uh, it will include the Joker, Jared Leto's Joker of all people, with a new look. Uh, we also will have Deathstroke back, Joe Manganiello, with, with some new look. And he's got some crazy mohawk. Uh, looks like he's got the same armor, though, and I just want more Joe Manganiello Deathstroke. Please give it all to me. Uh, uh, Zack Snyder also confirmed that it is locked in place with at least 150 minutes of new footage, four minutes of which is newly filmed during their reshoots. So that accounts for almost two hours of, of new unseen footage. And also, uh, this is a lingering question from Man of Steel. So in Man of Steel... When Kal-El uh, finds the Kryptonian ship in, in the, the frozen wastes of wherever he is, I can't remember. There's an open Kryptonian like cryopod. And a lot of people have always suspected it'd be Kara Zor-El or, or Supergirl, if you're unfamiliar with, with the Superman mythos. But, uh, or some other Kryptonian who maybe landed on Earth like forever ago. 
depending on how old the ship is. Uh, we, we've never had that con confirmed or anything like that. Uh, but Zack Snyder did confirm this week that it will, um, that, that, that answer, that mystery will be touched upon. It won't be solved necessarily, but it will be touched upon. Uh, so some answers will be given. A lot of rumors have flown around that like the Amazons are descendants of Kryptonians that crash landed on earth like forever ago, or the Atlanteans are, or they both are in some way, shape or form, but you know, that's obviously never been confirmed or anything, but at least Zack Snyder wants to touch upon a mystery that he helped plant uh, some seven years ago now at this point. And he, he also mentioned he did want the film to be released as two films, uh, or his Snyder Cut version, and not four parts on HBO Max, but you know what, I, I'll i I'll take it however it's given to me at this point. I, I just want Snyder Cut, please give it to me, put it right into my eyes. <laughs> and, um... Final bit of movie news this week. Wonder Woman 1984 will forego a theatrical release in the U.S. Uh, so it's still releasing in theaters around the world, just not here. But instead will release Christmas Day on HBO Max, but not in 4K. Which I, I don't fucking understand. What what doesn't make any sense, and it's boggled a lot of minds since HBO Max launched earlier this year, HBO Max does not have 4K output, which doesn't make any sense, because DC Universe, which is another Warner-owned streaming service, does have 4K output. HBO proper, I think, has 4K output, if I'm not mistaken, or HBO Go did. Why HBO Max does not have 4K output is is unfathomable unfathomable by a lot of people and for you to release a new movie like this without 4k right away is pretty fucking sad especially considering warner brothers pictures is like a big supporter of like 4k blu-rays and shit so the fact that they're putting a brand new movie on their premiere streaming service and not offering it in the highest resolution which is what you would be seeing in the movie theater is pretty fucking sad you can't upscale movies it's just that that doesn't happen i just sometimes i wonder if the blind are leading the blind up up in burbank at, at warner brothers and sometimes i just i don't even want to like my brain can't handle the the nonsense that goes on at that studio sometimes but that's it for, for Nick's Nerd News this week. Thank you guys for listening. I have been your host, Nick. Uh, tomorrow, like I said, is Turkey Day for those of you in the U.S. Everyone else, uh, we celebrate thanks. And honestly, it's been twisted and shit. I'm not getting into that. That's a history lesson. <laughs> but again, thank you guys for listening. I am Nick. This is Nick's Nerd News. As always, check out nixternews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you prefer, you can listen to us on the go with your preferred streaming service of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. You can find the link to all of those at nixternews.com. Also, while you're there, check out our social media tab where you can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We post a lot of funny memes 
and a lot of funny stuff and always post when the new episodes there. So make sure to check that out. Uh, if not, just follow us on your preferred streaming plat or social media platform of choice. Other than that, hopefully you guys enjoy your holiday. Uh, otherwise, we're pretty much done in November. Next month will be December, and we're that much closer to the end of the year. But thank you guys for listening. I'm Nick. I will catch you guys on the flip side.